It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. A podcast on your mental health you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hello and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. My name is Vet. And this week, I'm here with author Charlotte Moncrief and illustrator Helena Maxwell. They're creating a children's book, which is called Big Boys Cry. They're here with me today, and we're chatting about why they created the project and why it's time we all helped men be more open about their feelings. So you're here to talk about your book. Could you tell me why you wanted to create this, please, Charlotte? Big Boys Cry was really important for us because obviously if you look at the stats that are going on at the moment with men who are no longer in adolescence and um, right up to 45, suicide is the biggest killer. It was really important for me to look at, I guess, prevention over cure and a few years ago, I did some uh, research and I was looking at media depictions of, of how the media language and what's projected uh, on the screen was affecting people seeking recovery. And in doing so, I was also comparing men and women. I found that men seek recovery far later. And, and because obviously it was a good couple of years ago, I never actually really considered the fact that back then our women are much more open and I wanted to know why and actually men didn't want to be associated with being weak all the male stereotypes that had been plaguing them as they were growing up were preventing them from obviously telling someone and that's why I wanted to create a book to start earlier and to break down misconceptions earlier to prevent the onslaught of mental health happening to someone but then someone not acting on it. So why did you decide to focus on the mental health sort of area itself within children's literature um is it is there sort of a personal reason for you or was it another reason i think the fact that it was children is is really because even when boys are going into adolescence anyway and and they're in their teens they've already started to develop mental health problems for for some people i kind of wanted to create something for younger readers so then when they're transitioning you know into older boys that they might recognize the signs earlier and tell someone sooner and that's why i wanted to focus on children can you tell me a little bit about the the story that's told so the story that Shah created and I've illustrated and we've worked on together um, is told through the eyes of Billy, who is our six-year-old protagonist. And whilst that might seem, you know, like quite a young protagonist to be um, talking about mental health through, we thought it was um, appropriate. And he basically, on this singular day, goes through a series of events that make him realise that it's OK to cry and it's OK to not be OK. I think also the key words for us was the fact that he's a big boy now. And I think there's a key moment in the book where, you know, it's Billy's birthday and he's he, he believes he is officially a big boy because he's now six. It's that kind of immediate ideology that he has of what it means to be a big boy. And it's still, you know, enforcing that idea that even if you're a big boy, it doesn't matter how old you are, 
you are allowed to express emotion and, and, and it doesn't make you silly and it doesn't make you girly. But the important thing is to tell someone. Yeah, because I think it really touches on what you just said earlier, Shah, um, about even at a young age, you'll notice the behaviour in boys starts to channel off. You know, I think when everyone's three, they don't have a problem with having a tantrum and crying in the street. Suddenly, as you, start to, <laughs> as you start to get a bit older, you'll notice that a girl might cry in class and she'll have like a little group of girlfriends all around her and everyone will be like, oh my God, the poor thing. And I, I remember from, you know, when I was seven and eight, you know, a boy would cry and he'd be so ashamed, he'd be so embarrassed, he'd have to leave the room, the teacher would have to go after him, make sure he was okay. And I think as we've grown older, and I think most of us would have had an experience of a man who you would might say is emotionally repressed and as feminists, it's also, if we believe in equality, the health, the mental health care for men is, is obviously woefully inadequate as well and I I loved you know the reason why I also wanted to come on board is I absolutely adored Shah's idea of prevention over cure because we're completely under-resourced in this country anyway with all types of health issues and it really needs to be a conversation that gently starts happening earlier. So have you taken this book and this story I know it's still in its early stages you're still actually making it at the moment um, but have you taken it to parents and children so far to get some feedback yet? I live in London, but my family live in Bournemouth and um, we have a really tight-knit neighbourhood, I would say. So we've done a neighbourhood reading to all of them. We've actually got some readings coming up with more schools. We've got one in Balham next week. All the feedback that we've had from our book has been really good. It's been really receptive. What kind of ages uh, are you sort of showing the book to? Five to seven, because that's really the age group for the book. Some are a little younger, but ideally we've been reaching out to that particular age group mm. just to see if it kind of resonates and and then a key bit of the book is once it's read we we kind of tell the parent or teacher afterwards um you know and then you have to kind of say and that's why it's okay for big boys to cry or and that's why you should tell someone just because sometimes kids it's yes it is a little story but sometimes someone emphasizing the point of the message of the book it's quite important but you know and we've also shown it to parents as well we've had really really good feedback mm. i wonder do you have brothers as well either of you yeah i have a brother and he is 20 and actually not particularly just credit to me, but he does have two older sisters, myself and my other sister, and he is a wonderfully adjusted, amazingly mature young man. And I don't I don't fully know, but I want to think that that's in part that he's been raised by people who've been very open and he's not been encouraged to be not being afraid to express his emotion when he needs to. I don't really want to speak for him because he's not here. But yeah. And Shah, you have a brother. I have a younger brother who's 21, also has two older sisters. He is very open with, I guess, his emotions. However, there was a very, very good um, and dear person in my life who comes from all boys. When we were in our early 20s, I think he suffered quite badly with mental health and because he'd come from an all-boys upbringing, I think he really struggled. I think he struggled, in um, he suffered, sorry, in, in silence for a very long time and we were talking when I originally wrote this book and he had said, you know, I really wish that I'd had something similar early doors that I wouldn't necessarily have got from my brothers, a parent or a teacher had enforced in me at a younger age. I suppose, ultimately, what are you trying to achieve with the book? Is it sort of conversations in schools or with sort of families? What's the, what's the sort of dream scenario? What's the main sort of aim with it? 
I think we want to start breaking down um, misconceptions earlier. So then when uh, children are going into their teens, um, it's already ingrained into them that boys are allowed to cry. It's not it's not a big uh, taboo. You know, if if um, as they're getting older, if, if someone is suffering and they feel that they are much quicker to tell someone that they're suffering because, you know, a huge problem that we're having is people are seeking treatment far later and it can have, you know, quite dire consequences of that. Yeah, and I think obviously the term big boys cry is quite a short, quite brief, simplistic statement, but I think it's meant to stand for, you know, all types of emotion. I think if if you think of a, a guy in his mid-20s or in his mid-teens, I think the most embarrassing thing would be if he broke down in tears in school or at work publicly in front of everyone. So that's why Shah brilliantly came up with that title. You know, it also references all sorts of just being vulnerable and being open to thinking that actually it might be okay as a man to not be the breadwinner, to not be the big guy who's got the loudest voice in the room, who's got the biggest muscles, who is the richest and the most successful and all women fall at his feet and, and that kind of thing primarily we see this book as an educational tool but the part of the reason why I've come on board as well with some really colourful quite quirky illustrations is we want someone to be attracted to it we don't want we don't want a kid to sort of think that talking about mental illness and mental health is all about you know sad lamez type images and it's all very depressing and we don't really want to think about it um and i think we, you know we're just two people who are trying to create a new avenue of conversation um and further people's education helena do you mind me telling me a, a bit about the actual process of illustrating the book so the kind of process you go through for that because that's that's an area i know nothing about so like the inspiration how do you go about that in general illustrating a book first things first for me when I hear a story I would just immediately have like a running film in my head and then what I do is spend a bit of time developing each character on paper and from that they really come to life the colours for example that Billy wears I was very conscious that blue is a very traditionally masculine colour but I didn't want Billy to be too far liberal it would be awesome if he was wearing all pink and that would be awesome and we'd love that but I want him to be accessible to people who perhaps have a more traditional mindset and perhaps more you know afraid of not looking boyish so he's got a blue t-shirt he's got green shorts he's got little white trainers but he's also got bright red hair because I don't want him to look I want him to just look like an ordinary little kid he's not meant to be you know, a good-looking kid or an ugly kid. He's just a normal kid. He's happy with his appearance. He doesn't think about it. And so that all comes about through lots of different sketching and sort of basically then you end up with like a little person in front of you that you kind of seem to have created. Shara and I together would look at the characters I've created and we go through several rounds of looking at the illustrations, creating dummy book of each page and then doing it over it again um, with edits and then again. And I know people work in different ways, but that seems to be the way that, that works for me. And obviously there's quite a bit of time thinking about how the text relates to what I've drawn and, and you know what pages of what so as you'll see when you read our book we've put a lot of emphasis on um, there's a very key crucial central spread and we've really made that stand out using a lot of colour that's a sort of small insight <laughs> first of all can I just say I think it's incredibly brave the way that 
well, first of all, to be doing a book like this, I think it's fantastic, but also the way that you're going about it. So it's, you're also in the process of kind of putting it together and it's on Kickstarter, is that right? Yeah. So can you tell me why you decided to go down that route and basically how that's all going? That is an interesting question because it's been a bit of a roller coaster getting to this point for sure. Mm, that's not a loaded question by any means. I just, I think it's really interesting because there's so many books about mental health at the moment from some brilliant people and a lot of them are that sort of route. Well, so the book was actually written three years ago. And um, we got picked up really quickly at, to the point that, um, and it was before I'd met Helena, so th- the book put in front of a publisher, I was given an illustrator, it was all very quick to the point I remember calling up my mum being like, it's hard publishing a book, <laughs> uh, went straight to my head. And um, they then sat on it for seven months, but the illustrator was doing all this work. And then come about Christmas time, they said to me, um, you know, we love the book, we love the book, um, but you know what's really topical right now? Um, same-sex parents. Whilst I'm an advocate of same-sex parents, and I really am, I thought by making a children's book in which we're talking about boys being able to express themselves with emotion, if we made the parents same-sex, a child doesn't necessarily resonate with that family, might think that the only reason you know, that particular boy is, is allowed to be so forthcoming with his emotions is because he's got you know two same-sex parents. So... I then decided that 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 would be quite misleading and, you know, might not have the effect that that we want. So I then, in defeat, actually sat on it for seven months. And then that's when I met Helena. And, you know, through the best bit of fate that I met Helena. How was that? Um, Through a mutual friend. And then we met up in a cafe and I ordered fried halloumi and a (laughs) cappuccino. And it was just really weird. I don't know why I did that and I've never done it again. That's a great memory. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I mean, first of all, I'm just impressed that you can remember exactly what you ate. (laughs) We just had great chemistry when we met and it was, you know, we were meant to just meet for what was meant to be a very sophisticated coffee and it ended up being four hours of us just talking, talking about the book. You know, we just clicked uh, in between, obviously, Helena eating her halloumi chunks. Um, (laughs) We then decided what we were going to do is we wanted to talk to loads of charities and and, um, we started building a relationship with the Charlie Waller Memorial Trust. We went to the CALM offices, uh, which is obviously the biggest mental health charity in the UK, and they gave us a quote of an endorsement having read the book. We just obviously made loads of connections and we're still doing that to this day. And by the end of uh, last year, I just said to Helena, you know what, let's let's just do a Kickstarter. Mm. Our views hadn't changed in the whole time that we've been working together. But the, the really great thing was, is we just had so many connections within the space, which is so important to us because obviously we want to have good partnerships for people to put, to, to put the book into schools, which is really important. And, um, and so, yeah, we've gone live on Kickstarter and, and we are currently raising. So And you get to keep control. I suppose that's the main thing as well, because, you know, the traditional publishing route is great. But like you say, doing it this way, you do get complete control over the book and the message. Because um, I can see my, why you might want to just keep it to just this one message rather than have several, like you sort of said before. Can I just play devil's advocate for a minute? Because, you know, we're all feminists and this is, so I think this book's great. Um, but let's pretend for a minute I'm a, I'm not going to name a male, a male journalist. But anyway, so let's pretend that I'm a very uh, traditional male journalist who believes that, you know, it should all be sort of British, diff upper lip sort of things. And a book like this is just nonsense. You know, why do, why do you need to sort of teach boys things like this? What would you say to that? Well, I would say it's costing currently the UK 100 billion a year 
for people who haven't sought mental health treatment soon enough. That can be totally preventable. Why should we let so many people be suffering in silence? And also some people don't ever actually get out the other side. And you know, that doesn't just affect the person who, you know, makes that decision, but actually it affects their family, it affects their friends, and it can subsequently cause them to then suffer mental health. I, th I think it's a huge problem and I think it, it needs to be addressed and it needs to be addressed far earlier than it is. I'd say, you know, Shara and I often look at ourselves and we think, oh, well, people must think we're, we're two girls, two young women. Why on earth are we writing a book to support young men? So firstly, I'd say if a journalist posed that question who was a sort of traditional male type, I think we all know who we're thinking of. Why on earth aren't you supporting your own sex as well? It, you know, why on earth would you stand in the way of anything that could save lives you know why on earth would you stand in the way of progress it does not make sense for the economy it does not make sense for the country's sort of well-being as a whole uh, I know that recently uh, Bryony Gordon among others campaigned to actually change the way that newspapers talk about how someone has has if they have killed themselves to no longer say committed suicide because it sounds like they've done a sin mm -hmm. um, you know even things like that so why on, the way, why on earth would you stand in the way of that I just want to address quickly the fact that we are young women and I think from a feminist point of view there are a lot of women today who are equally re emotionally repressed perhaps but you, you do see that it ends up often being a woman looking after a man's emotions and having to take care and force them to go to the doctor if they haven't been because they can't get out of bed and a lot of work falls on the more caring role of, of the female in a family or a relationship and a, that's not fair for the women, but B, that's so sad that we think that that's normal, that men shouldn't be given direct help or should find it so hard to get help and that's just normal. They should they should be helped by a woman first or, or whoever. I'm just, I am generalising. But that's so sad and, and why do we think that's normal? And, you know, 12 men a day commit suicide in the UK and, why, and we're just sort of like, oh, that's because men don't talk about their emotions, but then no one sort of does anything like, oh, that's just what men are like. And actually, is it or is it just what society says that men should be like. Well, I think that's an incredible sort of line to end on, unless there's anything you'd like to add, either of you. What I would add is pledge, get behind our book. If you haven't suffered from mental health, you'll know someone who has or who will. And we are really wanting to enforce a book that is going to hopefully act as a prevention tool um, for children and, and hopefully we'll be bringing about a new generation of boys and girls and how they think and, 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 and how they believe, you know, boys should be. Um, so please get behind us, type in Kickstarter Big Boys Cry, you'll find it. Um, doesn't matter how big or small you choose to pledge. Obviously, we'd be much more thankful if it's bigger. Um, but, you know, we just would love your support and, and thank you. So this is goodbye from Mentally Yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from Mentally, Mentally, Mentally. Mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116123 or go to their website, which is samaritans.org. Thanks very much to our guests and also to Juliet Nichols for producing the show.
If you'd like to find us online, we're on Twitter at Mentally Yours, which is Mentally YRS. And we also have a lovely Facebook group called Mentally Yours, where you can come and chat to us about all things to do with mental health and also the podcast. See you next week. Thank you.